Hello and welcome to a special presentation of In The Money Media. This is episode four, season two of Racing with Roman. Peter Thomas Fornital back with you, coming to you from the Silks area, the teletheater here at beautiful Gulfstream Park. You can hear the, the excitement, the din in the background ahead of this big day. And uh, very excited to be here with our presenting sponsor for the show. He's an owner. He's a horse player. He's a guy you've been hearing uh, give out winners, including a very tasty um, overlaid exacta on these airwaves last week. He is Lawrence P., a.k.a. Larry Roman. What's up, Larry? Oh, I'm very excited to be here, Peter. Uh, this is the big day at Gulfstream. It's an interesting big race, and there's a card full of full fields. So I have the feeling you're going to get huge prices uh, on a lot of the races. I think the pick fours, pick fives are going to be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> Well, close, yeah, because 12 times 12 times 12, <laughs> it comes out to a lot of money. Uh, so we're really excited. And we also have Big Daryl here today. Big Daryl, say hello. Hello, guys. I'm totally excited. Can't wait to get into this program. Oh, my God. It's going to be crazy. And the fans <laughs> are going wild. I can't wait till me and Big Roman debate on who's the best handicapper. Guys, you're in for a treat today. Love it. Daryl Thomas here back with us. He was on at Saratoga. Great to have him back on these airwaves for Gulfstream as well. We're going to dive into these races in a second. We're going to be looking at races two and then the two grade ones late in the card. But before we dive into that, Larry, I wanted to ask you about the ownership experience. I get the sense that one of the reasons a lot of people get involved in the game is so they can compete on a stage like this on a day like this. How important are these uh, big days to the ownership experience in general? Well, I think in general, people love that. And that's what attracts them to the sport. Me personally, I treat it like a business. And I've learned, although I have raced on the big days, uh, it's too hard. It's very competitive. I don't believe I can beat these guys with hundreds of millions of dollars. So I try to treat it like a business. And if there's 12 horse fields, I want to go and race someplace where there's six or seven horse fields where it's not for the show, it's for the dough. That's just me. Okay. And if you, the IRS guidelines say you have to treat it as a business, and I do treat it as a business. So, yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm excited. But I've been there. I've raced, uh, I raced in a million dollar race where I finished sixth, lost by three lanes, and I had a, a really good horse. I've been in races for half a million dollars. But you get a check if you finish fifth. It's it's not me personally, but as an ownership and these groups that put together 20, 50, 100 owners, you have a little piece of it. There's nothing more exciting than, than that big race. But I also ask you to remember Churchill Downs, Kentucky Derby. There's 20 horses in the race. Of that, only three people are making money. The first, second, and third, 17 people are walking away you know, it's 50000 to enter or 75000 It's a lot of money. So, again, I'm treating it as a business. When the big races are here, I come to watch, to root, to bet. But I'm not looking to race in those races unless I think I have a really good shot to be, you know, top two or three. Sure, the horse sometimes is going to take you there. I love your line about uh, the dough as opposed to the show that does, you know, is the hook that gets it in. But claimers are the lifeblood of the game, the backbone of the game in many ways. And you've certainly shown your acumen and uh, won plenty of races and made plenty of money in that regard over the years on the ownership side. Obviously, today 
you're going to be putting your horse player hat on and, you know, playing the horses is the, from what I understand is the reason you got involved in the first place. Yeah. I, you know what, when you're a kid, I, the first time I went to the races, I was 17 years old and it was like a dream. Like, would I ever be able to own a horse when I'm 20 years from then? And uh, I was fortunate enough. I started in harness racing, made some money in harness racing, then uh, went to the thoroughbreds about 30 years ago and had enough success to be able to continue. I've seen a lot wealthier people than me go bankrupt in this game. And we some of the biggest names, I don't want to mention them, biggest names who couldn't pay their bills because they thought it was an easy game. It's not an easy game, but it's a fun game, and it's more exciting than the stock market. It's more exciting than football. It's more exciting than any sport there is. When you have a horse in that race, that minute and 20 seconds, whatever that race is taking, is the most exciting time that you can have, in my opinion. We'll get more into your thoughts on ownership and the, and the racing experience in future shows. But now I think we should dive into these races. You picked out a very interesting triumvirate for us. The first one comes up real quick. So, uh, But th then the, the other two, there's some lead time for it. There'll be plenty of people listening to this when the first one has happened and the other two haven't. But still, this is a fascinating maiden special weight for three-year-olds going seven furlongs. Folks will remember this race last year produced our Kentucky Derby winner, Mage. And in fact, uh, trainer Delgado has another one um, who's uh, signed up in here who's had some buzz about him, uh, Victory Avenue. But very interesting race, lots of first-time starters. Uh, Larry, do you want to kick it off or should we bring in Daryl? Let's let Daryl talk for a minute. Daryl, when you look at this second race and you look at all this unexposed form with the uh, all the first-time starters in here, how do you go about trying to make an opinion and who do you like in this spot? Well, believe it or not, I like the 11 horse. I think that um, first time started with Ortiz, and you can't go wrong with Jose. I mean, there's a lot of other first time starters, and it's going to be competitive too. But in this case, they did it so difficult. I'm going to I'm going to put my money on Jose because guess what? If I'm going to choose uh, in the blind and uh, you know and and not you know see exactly how any of them worked out, I'm going to go with Ortiz. The workout tab looks fantastic on this runner, Tapacana, the 11. Lots of bullets, and you also get the benefit of Brian Lynch, who's going Correct. great guns at the moment. That's so correct. that's definitely one of the logical choices and installed at 8-1 to one on the morning line in a race where there's tips on a few of them that we've heard. Uh, maybe a chance to get a little bit of value there. But for my pick five. There you go. Yeah. One of the keys to the early pick five for Daryl is number 11, Tapacana. How about you, Larry? Where is your, why did you pick this race, first of all? Well, I picked this race because you're going to get a price. And, you know, the breeding to me is always the key in, in horse racing. You know, sire and dam. And, and so I look at these horses and let's take the 11. So we all know Tappet's one of the greatest sires there is. Yeah, ever. Yet this 11 horse only went for $180,000. So why did a horse only go for 180000 To me, there's something that's not great about the horse or whatever. The horse has the 11 post. So, Daryl, I'm saying I'm throwing him out. <laughs> I'm throwing him out. We start, okay. the, we start fighting right here well, in the very first race. That's part of the, you know, the game. Now, who is the most royally, regally bred horse? The four horse, corporate power. All right? And, and so people will say, Oh, McGahee, they're not ready the first time. They have to improve. 
he'll be coming a little bit at the end and they, they're gearing for the next time. No, I think this is the big day in racing. And if this horse is as good as I think he's going to be, I think they're going to have him ready here. He's a three-year-old. The big races are coming up. There's no time to fool around anymore, okay? It's not like he's a two-year-old. He's a three-year-old. And when you look at that, those lines, this seven furlong race, you have Perlin and you have Quality Road, which screams distance. Yep. True. And speed. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm just like, they paid $900,000 for this horse. Castellano was the big jockey last year. He's coming out here. They're not waiting for next the next start. They're going now. And at 10 to 1, my money's there. I don't know much, you know, about the two horse, Billy Mott. He's also drew inside. You know, we're going to watch the toad a little bit. But honestly, I don't care if corporate power goes up to 12 to 1 or whatever. Curlin is just unbelievable as a sire. Quality road on the damn side. I'm all in with that. What do you say? I think it's tricky. I think it's a spread race for me. I honestly like the cases you both made. Would want to use both of those. These workouts seem to jump off the page on the number five, Victory Avenue. I'm, I was surprised to see as short as five to one on the morning line. Thought we might get a bit more of a, of a price, but I've noticed over the years, um, especially since Kieran McLaughlin became Luis Saez's agent, when they turn up on horses that they don't always ride for, I, I think Kieran or or somebody you know who's associated with him is very very good at spotting these first time starters and making these decisions. I wouldn't sleep on Victory Avenue either. I like the cases you make for both yours. And I just generally like the idea of uh, watching the board and trying to get a look at these on the track and, and coming up with more. But those are, I'm, I'm not going to, I'll let you two fight it out in the head-to-head -head with, uh, with with uh, four versus 11. I'm going to use them both and throw in a little Victory Avenue as well to kick things off. Let's head to the end of the card. Hey, Will, I just want to tell you oh, please. I, I want to comment. I do think your horse is he's my second choice. Okay. You know, the late great Arrogate, uh, Scat Daddy on the damn side, another one that produced a lot of great runners, paid a good amount of money for this horse. So I'm only using, I'm going that, I'm only using the four and five in my picks, my doubles, everything. So we've got some commonality there, yeah. which has been good on these shows. Yes. When we've been when we've been together, we've generally done pretty well. So all right, I'll I'll take that uh, vote of confidence from you as well. That is so interesting on the pedigree side. You've got you know two sires who showed all the promise in the world who are no longer with us, and Scat Daddy and Arrogant. What bloodlines? If that thing ends up being a runner, that might make it even all the more valuable at stud, just because of the the, the paucity of uh, the bloodlines given the, those uh, si the sire and the grandsire who didn't stick around for uh, as long as the breeding industry would have liked to see. Now we'll pivot to the late end of the card and the Pegasus turf. Grade one action, uh, Grand Sonata going in the other race, not going here. So uh, we, but, but we still have, do we still have a full field? No, we do not. We have, we don't know. We have 12, right? We have a full field of 12 going postward. Sorry. The 13 and 14 were AEs. Apologies for that mess up. But yeah, we, this is an interesting race. Mile and an eighth. Um, a lot of money is going to be going through this big favorite, Warm Heart. We saw what she could do, Daryl, at uh, at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, ran an absolutely huge race, just going down to Inspiral, who was impressive enough that she actually won the Eclipse Award for uh, the other night for her division. Very curious what you think of a Warm Heart and the rest of these in race number 12. I, I like a couple horses here, but um, I, I when I looked at the program two days ago, I... Um, 
had uh, and after seeing the replays, I thought the interrogation was good. But this warm heart has my heart. <laughs> no question about it. I think this horse wins hands down. She's got the best figures in form in the race. The, the last race was not just good, phenomenal. It no. reminds me of me. The horse was incredible. It reminds me of me. You are not quite a good. physical specimen. Listen to this. I'll, listen to this. This horse is not just good. Better than good, better than most, and sometimes even better than that. I love the horse. Warm Heart is going to be a warm favorite. Daryl is with her. What do you think, Larry? First question when I talk to you about this race. Are you with or against Warm Heart? Oh, my well. I'd say I'm neutral. Okay. I'm not betting her because she's going to be bet. She's got outside, you know, these Irish horses are all great. I am telling you now, I'm going on record. Integration is the exact type of horse I love. Okay. Look at her last race. I had to watch the replay because you look at the line. She's straight out enough. This, this horse is undefeated. And untested, his, really. I mean, he's just been a race. I mean, if you watch, he was sprinting at the end of the race, sprinting away. I yep. don't think there's any horse on this planet, on turf, that can beat this horse. And that's why I chose this horse. I get it. And, and yes, he's a late developer. But, I mean, these are the guys that got me in the game. McGahee <laughs> and Phipps and all those guys. That's why I copied their colors. I wanted their exact colors. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I, that made I sense. Said, they made me put a stripe on it. I said, <laughs> I love the breeding that because I'm a breeding guy. And they always had the best, the best. horses and oh. everything like that. And I'm telling you, I don't care who this horse is from Ireland. This horse <laughs> is coming on at the end. All Gaff Leonis has, has to have clearance with him. Let them all fight it out, and we're winning. Head to head once again. I'm going to throw in. I'm going to throw in a crazy long shot that I think I will bet with both of your two horses again. Number ten, Cheryl Spite, really did not run that badly in the Breeders' Cup Mile. Was eighth, but only beaten two, three lengths in that spot. It was a perfect trip. I mean, that was very good form against the likes of Master of the Seas and Mosh. This horse has grade one form from back in the day. It's been a minute between drinks, but they went on sort of a weird round-the-world trip, and it took a while to get this horse back going in the right direction. Uh, I think he's doing, it seems to me, from what I'm seeing and hearing, he's doing a lot better now uh, than when he got back from that trip. And I think a repeat of that Breeders' Cup mile could put him uh, at least second to one of the two big ones we talked about. As for you, Larry, it sounds to me like if Shug McGahee has a big day, you're going to have a big day. That is true. <laughs> and I'm going to throw in Web Slinger. My, that's my long shot. 15 to 1. This horse is closing if there's a, a fast pace, whatever. This horse closes and it's grade one uh, ability. So 15 to 1, that's a nice price. Throw them in, toss them in your exactors and your trifecta. Look, looked for a minute last year before integration came along, like he might be the best yeah. USA turf three-year-old. Integration definitely has a chance, I think, to be sort of the heir to the up-to-the-mark bricks and mortar, a USA turf horse, potentially right. good enough to compete with these best turf horses from around the world. He might prove that today in the World Cup turf. Let's get to the race that gives the, the day its name, the Pegasus World Cup grade one action, a mile and an eighth on the dirt here. And uh, Castle Chaos will not go. That leaves us with the full field of 12. Um, who's going to win the big one, Larry? Well, this is, you know, an interesting race. So if you look at National Treasure, his last race, okay, he was unbelievable. He sprinted out of the gate. Uh, Cody's Wish, who everybody loved, uh, but to me was a little bit suspicious based upon the race before. Yep. Had a great ride by Alvarado, saved all the ground. They just got to buy a nose. 
national treasure, when he gets the lead on his own, he becomes very tough. However, however, look at the four. Hoist the gold. How how is this morning line maker having this horse at twelve to one? Why am I not making the morning line? There is no way on. <laughs> I'm this sure planet, Brian would be happy for you to give him a day. There is no way in the planet this horse is going off at twelve to one. So people look and they go, "Oh, like twelve to one." Oh, you know, this was not going to be twelve to one. This horse in the cigar mile just blew out of the gate. Was under pressure the whole way. Drew away. True, it was a sloppy track. True, but. You can't possibly have this source of 12 to 1. And the question is, who's going to be on the lead? National treasure or hoist the gold? And if either one of them gets the lead without tremendous pressure, they're going to win, in my opinion. But that's the game. So how are they going to do out of the gate? At the price, I mean, if anywhere near those prices, I'm going with hoist the gold. National treasure, in my opinion, if he doesn't get the lead and he's stalking on the outside and they're going really fast, he has, he's not a great horse. He's a good horse. He ran a really good race. I don't think he's going to be 9-5. to five. I think he's going to be higher. I think you're right. I think he's going to be more like 5-2 to two or 3-1. to one. I agree. And this was first mission, who's the only other horse I see of, of the three. First mission is very consistent. He's one of these horses that just finds a way to win. There were certain horses who were flashy. They went by three. They went by five. You know, this horse is just always there. Somehow he gets in the right spot. He wins by a neck, loses by a neck. He's only had, he's very lightly raced, five starts. I think he's going to be right there. And so I'm looking at the board. And as opposed to the, the uh, two year old, three year old race where I want to see them go up, be bet here, whoever they don't bet. That's, That's who you the want. One. That's yeah, the I, get I want. I get it. I think you make a good case about Hoist the Gold. There's a chance that if National Treasure doesn't get the lead, and I don't think he will, that he could just resent that and not put in any kind of effort. And then all of a sudden, maybe Hoist the Gold gets loose and lonely. I don't think Brian's guess is too wrong about how they're going to bet it, just because there's a lot of horses that have to take money. I think he'll be a little shorter than that, but I still think you'll get value on him. Daryl, we've had, uh, you guys have been oppo both races we've talked about. Can we make it three disagreements? Uh, for three in this spot, or, or do you like uh, Larry's case for Hoist the Gold? Listen to me. Hoist the Gold is going to do a lot of things, but winning the race won't be one of them. Yeah. First and foremost, the horse has got to be on the front end. There's, there's three other horses that have the, amount of, the same amount of speed, if not more. My pick is Grand Aspen. Again, the distance is going to do this horse good. It, it's, and with this race going for an in, do you realize how much money this is? Three million? Three, that's a whole lot of money where I come from. A whole lot of money. I think that's a lot of money anywhere. Listen, I, listen I can buy a whole lot of pork chops with that. <laughs> However, Grand Aspen is definitely my choice. They're going to fight it up early on. Going to come running in. And guess what? How could you have Jose Ortiz with this amount of money not being at his very best? My pick, hands down, is Grand, is Grand Aspen. Here's what I can assure you. Place to go won't win. <laughs> I love the back and forth with all you right. too. The race, the first race is. We better wrap this up. We better wrap this up. Let me just say, if they all go too fast, if Grand Aspen joins the party too early, if National Treasure fires, I think it sets up for a closer. The closer I like, Senor Buscador, to come in here Buscador and get a piece. One thing for sure, he'll be coming. He'll be coming. Yes. We got to get to the races here, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Larry for sponsoring these shows. Daryl, much appreciated. Thank, Thank you, 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 you